But morning, everyone. <laughs> um, I have to say, I just absolutely love being a part of this church. It's so cool to be in an environment where people just continually step out of their comfort zone, like Robin today, and, and hearing the prophetic song. And, and it just gives me um, courage to be able to do this for the first time as well today. <laughs> Thanks. We all like to be able to relate to people. I know that I love to relate to people. I'm one of those people who you might be telling a story to me, and I'll quickly think and fire back a story to you so that we can have a bit of back and forth and relating to one another within our lives. So I'd like to share a few things about myself with you so that you are able to relate with me today. As you already know, I'm Tara. And some of you will know me better than others. I've been coming along to this church now for almost 10 years. Um, I grew up out in Oxford, and I'm the eldest of four children. So I guess that probably makes me the bossy one. <laughs> Kyle. Um, one of my brothers is actually here today, Kyle, and um, with his beautiful wife. And they're about to have the first of the next generation of Morrises. Yeah, so, so much excitement. I can't tell you how much I'm looking forward to be an auntie. That child is going to be so spoiled with love and gifts. It won't know what hit it. <laughs> so I have lived here in Christchurch for almost as long as what I actually lived in Oxford. So I've really got this complex situation going on here where I'm too much citified to be considered being from the country, and I'm too much of a country bumpkin to be considered coming from the city. So I'm in a bit of no man's land sometimes. I'm an early childhood teacher, and I work with precious babies. And um, I like to pretend that I can interpretive dance, and I do have a pretty good routine <laughs> down pat. And um, Andrew Hunter even said that he might interpretive dance with nurses. <laughs> Um, and Helen and Jenny, this one's for you, because apparently in my spare time, I love to dab for Jesus. But um, seriously, I do love Jesus, whether I'm dabbing for him or not. And these are just a few of the simple things that begin to make up my identity. I don't know about you, but when I'm reading the Bible, I like to be able to relate to what I'm reading. That is a massive part of the point, isn't it? To be able to relate and to apply it to our own life. But let's be honest, it's sometimes not that easy to relate to. Or other times we like to to choose the people that we relate to. Like um, the Apostle John, for instance, and how he is able to call himself the one whom Jesus loves. Or what about Paul? And his inner strength and perseverance and faith in Jesus as he faces adversity after adversity. But there is one dude that I know for sure that I can relate to in the Bible, and that is Gideon. Gideon, the guy that hid in a wine press to do his work. Gideon, the guy who had an encounter with God, yet still had to do tests to prove that it was him. But this is just surface level relatable. Gideon shows us the way to use both our strengths and weaknesses on his journey to learning who God is, as well as learning about coming into his own identity. So today I would like to look into Gideon's life story a bit more and start to delve into the topic that is identity. 
In case you haven't heard of Gideon before, or your memory is a little bit rusty like mine, let's do a little quick preview of Gideon. We can find him in Judges chapters 6 through to 9. Um, This is the time when the Israelites have finally been able to go into the promised land, led by Joshua and Caleb. After Joshua and Caleb have passed away, the Israelites start slipping back into old habits, and they get into some strife. God would send a prophet and a judge to bring them back into line, so to speak. So we'll pick up um, the story from where it starts, actually, read together from Judges 6, 1 to 16. The Israelites did evil in the eyes of the Lord, and for seven years he gave them into the hands of the Midianites. Because the power of Midian was so oppressive, the Israelites prepared shelters for themselves in mountain cliffs, caves, and strongholds. Whenever the Israelites planted their crops, the Midianites, Amalekites, and other eastern people invaded the country. They camped on the land and they ruined the crops all the way to Gaza. It did not leave a spare living thing for Israel, neither sheep, nor cattle, nor donkey. They came up with their livestock and their tents, excuse me, um, like swarms of locusts. It was impossible to count them or their camels. They invaded the land to ravage it. Midian so impoverished the Israelites that they cried out to the Lord for help. When the Israelites cried out to the Lord for help because of Midian, he sent them a prophet who said, This is what the Lord, the God of Israel, says. I brought you out of Egypt, out of the land of slavery. I rescued you from the hand of the Egyptians, and I delivered you from the hand of all your oppressors. I drove them out before you and gave you their land. I said to you, I am the Lord your God. Do not worship the gods of the Amorites in whose land you live, but you have not listened to me. The angel of the Lord came and sat down under the oak in Ophrah that belonged to Joash the Bezrite, there where his son Gideon was threshing wheat in a winepress to keep it from the Midianites. When the angel of the Lord appeared to Gideon, he said, The Lord is with you, mighty warrior. Pardon me, my Lord, Gideon replied. But if the Lord is with us, why has all this happened to us? Where are all his wonders that our ancestors told us about when they said, Did not the Lord bring us up out of Egypt? But now the Lord has abandoned us and given us into the hand of Midian. The Lord turned to him and said, Go in the strength you have and save Israel out of Midian's hand. Am I not sending you? Pardon me, my Lord, Gideon replied, but how can I save Israel? My clan is the weakest in Manasseh, and I am the least in my family. The Lord answered, I will be with you, and I will strike strike down all the Midianites, leaving none alive. So it is clear that the Midianites are controlling, actually destroying the Israelites, so much so that Gideon is hiding in a winepress to do his work to keep it from being destroyed. This is all because the Israelites have clearly disobeyed God when in verse 10 he was telling them not to worship any other gods apart from him. As we have been learning recently from John's sermons, there is a part of the covenant that the Israelites had chosen to have uh, with God. There are consequences for this disobedience. By worshipping other gods, it doesn't mean that we are choosing to have Baal or even Thor as the god of our life. It means 
that we have placed other gods and other things, rather, higher in our life than our love for God. Rebecca Manley Pippet has written, Whatever God, oh, sorry, whatever controls us really is our God. The person who seeks power is controlled by power. The person who accepts, who seeks acceptance is controlled by the people that he or she wants to please. We do not control ourselves. We are controlled by the Lord of our life. Let me say that again. Whatever controls us really is our God. The person who seeks power is controlled by power. And the person who seeks acceptance is controlled by the people that he or she wants to please. We do not control ourselves. We are controlled by the Lord of our life. What controls your life? Like the Israelites living in a land full of other gods, we are living in a world that is rife with things that we can choose to have as the Lord of our lives. Yes, there are other religions, but we can also chase after other things, such as wealth, fame, pleasure, achievement, power, love. Or there are other things that maybe we're not chasing after, but they still control our lives, such as fear and a lack of hope. I think as Christians, we all want to be in the boat that says Jesus is the Lord of all lords and he is the Lord over our life. And some of us can well and truly say that, but there's others of us that that's a bit of a stretch to be able to say and to know that that is where their identity comes from. And then other people still might be saying that they alone control their and are Lord over their own life. But if we look deep within, is that really the case? I know that for me personally, fear has been a big controller of my life. Fear of what people think of me, fear of rejection, fear of what even God thinks of me. This controlled my life so much that I put expectations on myself, expectations that I thought other people had for me, and even expectations that I thought God had of me. And through this, I actually made some really regrettable decisions. The biggest one was being the way that I lied to my family and friends about how my studies were going, pretending I was studying when I wasn't, all because I felt that the expectation from myself, the expectation that I thought others had and that I thought God had, that I should be a teacher, a primary school teacher. Um, When this whole world of expectations came crashing down, Um, I had to go through a journey to understand that that was not my identity. As much as the control and the devastation of Israel was not a part of Gideon's identity. Sorry, I'm just going to... So here is Gideon, hiding in a wine press, threshing his wheat when the angel of the Lord appears to him and said, The Lord is with you, mighty warrior. Or in other translations, it says, man of valor. I don't know about you, but my response to this wouldn't be, pardon me, my Lord. Um, I think I'd be in too much shock to be that posh and that polite. (laughs) And if I was hiding from my enemy in a wine press, I also would be really confused as to why God had called me mighty warrior or man of valor, as though that was my name. 
if we look into our own lives and the winepress that we may be hiding in to keep what's controlling our lives from destroying us, how then do we get out? When I was talking to Robert about this the other day, he said something that has stuck with me. He said, by God calling Gideon mighty warrior, God was calling out Gideon's future. And then he took Gideon on a journey to this future by going on steps. After we left off in verse 16, where Gideon is toing and froing with God, Gideon then steps out of the winepress to go and bring God an offering. God then asks him to destroy the idols of Baal and Gideon, and then after he does that, he sends for all the Israelites to gather together an army, and he builds up an army of 32,000 men. To know that it was truly God that was asking him to gather this army and to defeat their oppressors, Gideon sets about with two tests for God, which we'll look into a little bit later. From there, God tells us, from, sorry, from there, God tells Gideon to whittle down this army of 32,000 men to 10,000 men. And then a further whittling happened to go from 10,000 men to 300 men. So this is the army that God was going to use to defeat the Midianites. And if you remember from the verse, they were covering the land like locusts. And you couldn't even count the camels because there were too many like sand on the seashore. God used Gideon and his army to show the Israelites God's glory through defeating this mighty oppressor in one battle. Out of this journey, Gideon's first step was getting used to his name, Mighty Warrior. Hiding into my own, sorry, hiding in my own winepress, holding on to hope for acceptance and having a lack of hopeless, well, having a sense of hopelessness rather. I had a whole lot of names for myself. Some were positive, but most were negative. Some I had given myself, some others had given me, positive and negative, and some God had given me, which were definitely positive. You know the old school rhyme, sticks and stones may break my bones, but names will never hurt me. Well, we know that that's all a crock of, you know. (laughs) So, unfortunately, yeah. um, I've never actually broken a bone in my life, but names have definitely done a lot of damage. God called Gideon mighty warrior, man of valor. Do you know what he calls you? If you are stuck, you should ask him. It may seem scary or hard to sit down and listen and ask God, but if if you find that too hard, then a a tip that I've um, learnt from my dad is that you should write it down. Get a blank piece of paper and write down, God, what do you think of me? Or God, what do you call me? And then just write down every single thought that comes into your head. And they will all be positive and you will be amazed at what comes out. Another trick that I've learned, and it's from Jeanette, is that go through the Bible and your favorite verses and underline the things that God calls you and the promises that he has for you. Um, A great place to start is the Passion Translation of the Song of Songs. It is just riddled with names and terms of endearment that God has for us. Like beloved or my dearest, My dearest one, my radiant one, my darling companion, my love, my dove, and my favorite one, you are beauty itself to me. Guys, I'm sorry if that's a bit mushy, but, well, (laughs) tough cookies, actually. (laughs) 
in the New Testament, there's also things that God calls us as well. He calls us his masterpiece. He, we are his children. We are co-heirs with Christ. And it also says that we are overcomers. This is what I want my identity to come from. I believe that there are people here today that are stuck in their wine press. But fear not, God is calling you out by name, whether it be mighty warrior, beloved, or radiant one. He is calling you out by name, and you are an overcomer. These names are prophetic, and they speak of the strengths that you have and of the potential that you have in these strengths. But you need to trust in the Lord and step out in faith like Gideon did. Which leads me to the second step in Gideon's journey. He learns that we can't use God to get what we want, but instead to have him as the one we want. We can see Gideon going from lamenting in verse 13 about, pardon me, my Lord, but like, why has all this happened to me? To then starting to agree with the Lord in verses um, 17 and 18, which we'll read together now. Gideon replied, If I have found a favor in your eyes, give me a sign that is really you talking to me. Please do not go away until I come back and bring my offering and set it before you. The Lord said, I will wait until you return. How many of us do this? Um, You know, use God as like firing prayers to, to get what we want. I know that I am definitely a guilty party. And um, I can only imagine the, the types of prayers that are going up at this moment for exams and final assessments is um, those of you who are in school and study and maybe, God, please help me retain the information for the answers to the questions. Or better yet, God, please give me the answers to these questions. <laughs> Or those of you that are um, dealing with spouses and kids, there's probably still questions for, I mean, prayers for answers or prayers for patience, so I've been told. Um, I know that I pray for a lot of patience at work with the kids, and I also pray for supernatural calmness as well on some days. At the moment, I'm throwing myself into a bit of a lifestyle change, which encompasses an eight-week challenge of boot camp and nutrition plans and whatnot. So my most popular prayers at the moment are, Jesus, give me strength, and God, please, no more burpees, ever. (laughs) But God doesn't see our identity as being a victim, and he doesn't see his identity as being our rescuer. I'll say that again, he doesn't see our identity as being a victim or his identity as being a rescuer. Instead, he wants to partner with us in our identity as overcomers, as warriors, as beloved ones. We need to step out in faith like Gideon did and be prepared to be the person to handle the problem that we are so quickly throwing to God for him to rescue us in. The third step in Gideon's journey is learning about the character and nature of God. And this is where the tests and the fleece come in. So we'll read together, um, we'll jump down to verses 36 to 40. Gideon said to God, If you will save Israel by my hand as you have promised, look, I will place a a wool fleece on the threshing floor. If there was only dew on the fleece and all the ground is dry, then I will know 
that you will save Israel by my hand, as you said. And that is what happened. Gideon rose early the next day. He squeezed the fleece and wrung out the dew, a bowl full of water. Then Gideon said to God, Do not be angry with me. Let me make just one more request. Allow me one more test with the fleece, but this time make the fleece dry and let the ground be covered with dew. That night, God did so. Only the fleece was dry and all the ground was covered with dew. Uh, The author, Timothy Keller, in his book, Judges for You, where I've got lots of pearls of wisdom for this, actually, um, he says, um, he actually explains this piece of passage really well, and he says, Gideon was very specifically asking God to show him that he was not one of the forces of nature like the other gods of the land, but was in fact sovereign over the forces of nature. Gideon then was not looking for little signs to help him make a decision. He was really seeking to understand the nature of God. Many of you know that a few years ago, I went away to Perth to do a YWAM uh, course. And during this time, I really got to know about the character and nature of God. And that was um, actually the biggest turning point in my um, journey and relationship with God. Um, It also helped that there was a whole week um, purely studying this topic. But I was also able to learn about my identity through that. As I grew an understanding who God really was, I was able to trust him at a deeper level. And just as we know that it's wise to know the character and integrity of a person who you may be starting a relationship with or starting a business with or going to work for, um, because as time goes on and you find that the relationship changes, but as you get to know them more, you learn that you can trust their decisions and you learn that you can trust their directives and you also learn to know what makes them tick. Because I know that God is a God of mercy, a God of compassion, of justice and creativity, and they're just, to name a few characteristics, I can trust him more when it says in his word that I am his beloved, that I am an overcomer, and that he delights in me and he delights in you all over us with singing. The fourth and final step that I want to talk to you about that God led Gideon on in this journey was for Gideon to learn to partner with God. Yes, God saw Gideon in his most vulnerable state, having to hide to provide for his family, desperate for salvation from his enemy, but God didn't just leave Gideon there. He called him out. He called out his potential. Just as God saw me in my most vulnerable state of striving to seek acceptance, of living in a lack of hopelessness, he called me out too. He may not have used an angel of the Lord, but he has definitely used angels that are amongst you here. There's people at work who speak into my life about my strengths and my passions, and they call me out. There's people here in my church family who have spoken into my life over and over again, and these words have been able to break through the fear and the, um, the hopelessness that I had been carrying. My, pe- my potential and my strengths are being called out. Never in a million years did I dream 
that I would go from being the girl who was hiding behind lies to being an offer to being offered a, an internship with the elders last year in amongst other opportunities, as well as this opportunity today to be able to share with you. God knows my strengths and he knows my potential way more than what I do. And, and I haven't realized even half of it yet. And I know many of you will have very similar stories to share of how you too are being called out of the wine press. Gideon was afraid of who God called him to be, but he stepped out in faith to partner with God. He did the impossible so that, sorry, he did the possible so that God could do the impossible in defeating the Midianites with just 300 men. Gideon lived up to his name, Mighty Warrior. That's what I want my future to be. As scary or out of depth as it may seem, I want to partner with God to see my identity. And I'm sure you want to partner with God too to see your identity as an overcomer. Um, as the band come up, um, there's just a couple of points that I, I'd like to go over and um, you might like to respond to. Because we all know there's no time like the presence. And um, some of these things may have stuck with you, that you may feel that you are in this wine press and um, with different things floating around you um, that you don't know what to do. And um, so as we just sort of go into a bit of a time of worship, it's great to be able to reflect on that. But also sometimes you need to step out, take a step of faith. And I've just got a couple of quirky little things that you can do as like a prophetic act. Over here, um, I've got a wee table with balloons and pens and pins. And so you might like to come and blow up a balloon and write things that are um, holding you captive, like lies or um, needing acceptance would be on mine and then you can pop them as a prophetic act that that is going to be broken off your life and I believe that's going to happen today we've prayed into this the the foundation has been set um, another thing is you might like to come and stand on a step and literally take a step of faith again as a prophetic act you can be in your seat and do your business with God but will you remember it tomorrow do you need to get out of your comfort zone and do something that will cement this in your mind to, to move forward from here, to break the chains and to step out in faith? Some of you may just want to have someone partner with you, like people who partnered with me, and pray and speak words over your life to um, speak truth and call out the potential in your life. And you're more than welcome to come down the front for that as well. So let's just... Um, seek God for, for what we would like to do.